scripture, I'm sure for many of you, over in Matthew chapter number 6. And so if you have your Bibles uh, here, turn to Matthew chapter number 6. We're going to begin reading in verse number 24. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 24. And these are words that are spoken by Jesus. And the Bible says this in verse number 24. If you follow along, I'll read it. The Bible says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, Shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things, of all these things. Verse 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And so this passage of scripture is uh, a part of what we, uh, I'm sure many of us have heard, as uh, called the Sermon on the Mount. These are words or discourses spoken by Jesus in chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7 of the book of Matthew captures uh, these words spoken by Jesus uh, on the Sermon of the Mount. And if you turn back to the very beginning, chapter number 5, and uh, the very beginning of this passage of scripture, this Sermon of the Mount, you can see that these words that are spoken by Jesus, they, they weren't just spoken to multitudes of people or uh, the lost. They were spoken actually to the saved. They were delivered to um, the disciples, the Bible says, in verse uh, number one of chapter number five, and seeing the multitudes, he went up into the mountain. And when he was set... Who came to Jesus? It was his disciples came unto him. And then the Bible says he opened his mouth and taught them saying. And he goes into uh, these the Sermon of the Mount as we uh, know it. And so the this passage of scripture, uh, the Sermon of the Mount, this passage of scripture in chapter number six, this is a continuation of words that Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And so think for you and I today, we can understand these are this is instruction for the believer, those that know Christ. And at the time, the disciples were with were, were following Christ. And this was delivered with um, this, this Sermon on the Mount was a message delivered with much authority. In fact, if you go to the very end of chapter number seven, 
you can see this, um, that when he uh, had finished these sayings, when Jesus had finished uh, this sermon or this message, whatever you want to call it, it says, and they came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. And so this, uh, this message, not only was it spoken to the believers or to uh, disciples, but it was delivered with authority. And as you read these chapters, and I would challenge you to do that, it, there's so much instruction contained in these three chapters. It's, uh, it's quite amazing. I mean, uh, the areas of salvation are discussed, spiritual pursuits, uh, attitudes. Of course, it starts with the Beatitudes. Jesus talks about how we are to be a witness for him. Uh, there's instruction on law and grace, prayer, judging, discerning. These are all things that are needed in the Christian life. And so we can see there are many lessons here. Well, the text that we just read in chapter number six, Christ gives one of the most important keys for you and I to living a satisfied Christian life. You want to live a, a satisfied Christian life? Well, we just read it in chapter number six. We can see this is what uh, there are some keys to that. And right away in verse number 24 uh, of our text, chapter six, verse number 24, right away we see that a decision has to be made. Jesus says, you, you, uh, no man can serve two masters. And he's saying a decision has to be made in the life of a believer. And, you know, I think of the nation of Israel. It's just, just like the nation of Israel. Remember uh, when they were ready to enter uh, Canaan, ready to enter the promised land. They had left Egypt. God had brought them to uh, the doorstep of the promised land and the same thing was given to them. A decision had to be made. They, of course, sent spies in to see the land, but a decision of what was that decision? Well, it was to trust God or to trust the flesh, trust their eyes, and they saw the giants. And, and um, you know, one of the, the messages of Moses there in the Old Testament in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 11 in verse 26, Moses was, uh, of course, the leader of the nation of Israel. And um, he said this, Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. Now, what is Moses saying there? He, he's talking to Israel, saying, I set before you a blessing or a curse. He's saying you have a choice, victory or defeat. And you know, we have a choice as Christians, a very similar choice, a choice to live a life of blessing or a life of a curse. And I also think of back in the Old Testament, Joshua, his final charge to Israel uh, was in Joshua 24, um, chapter 24, verse 15. Very familiar passage of scripture. And what does he say? He says, and if it seem evil unto you to um, to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. And so a choice has to be made. Do you understand life is full of choices? We make choices every day. Life is full of choices. 
And choices have consequences. They did for the nation of Israel. They did uh, for Old Testament people. And uh, we, we can read about choices that individuals had in the word of God. And choices have consequence, consequences. Well, in verse 33 of our text, we see the right choice is to put God first in your life. It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's the right choice for each one of us today to choose uh, to put God first. The kingdom of God. Let me remind you, what is the kingdom of God? Well, this is the, the spiritual rule of God in your life. The lordship. Today, this kingdom is an invisible kingdom. But nonetheless, it is just as real as the future. We talked about this last week, the millennial kingdom that is going to come. That is going to be a visible kingdom where Jesus will be king. He will be Lord over all. But today it's invisible. And Jesus says here, seek first the kingdom of God. Make God the Lord of your life. You know, it's possible, of course, to be saved and not have God be the Lord of your life. G, uh, Luke, in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, it says, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Um, so we are to choose the kingdom of God. Let God rule and reign in our lives. And the righteousness of God that is talked about here, we're to seek first the kingdom of God and, and his righteousness. This is the right choice to put God first, his righteousness. And what that is talking about, and you, if you're saved this morning, then uh, understand this, that we are made righteous in Christ. We have righteousness through Jesus Christ. R Romans chapter 3 and verse 21 tells us this it says but now the righteousness of god without the law is manifested but being witnesses of the law and the prophets even hear me now even the righteousness of god which is by faith in jesus christ unto all and upon all that believe and so we are to seek these things and of course Verse 33 ends with the wonderful promise that all the things that were just talked about will be added unto them. That put, uh, that let God be the Lord of their life. They seek his righteousness and all these things will be added. And so for our lesson here this morning, maybe more of a message, I want to bring out some areas where we need to put God first. I think this is a good uh, time to uh, to kind of reassess, of course, the beginning of the year. What's the priority in your life? And what I want to bring out some things, some areas where we need to put God first. And I, I want this to be a helpful uh, and, and constructive lesson. And so if you take these not as suggestions, but as commands, which they are, these are commands, and you apply them to your life, I think we will be amazed at what God will do. Now, uh, the first thing I want us just to cover are uh, talk about some priorities that matter. 
what are priorities? I want to give you four key areas for uh, priorities that matter. And putting God first, uh, definitely, it begins with salvation. You know, not only putting uh, your faith in Christ, but, as, um, but also loving him. And the verses here in Matthew chapter 22 and verse uh, 38, Jesus had said that loving the Lord thy God, that is the, the first and great commandment. Loving God is our duty. It is the first and great commandment. And so this is a priority. It ought to be a priority for every child of God, every disciple of God. Do you love the Lord? If you're saved, you should want to put God first in your life. You know, this is harder than it sounds, is it not? It's hard to put, put uh, let alone someone else first, but put God first in your life. You know, an example of this, I think, is found uh, with the, the rich young ruler. It's talked about in Matthew chapter 19. Remember the story here, Jesus again was giving an example and um, or uh, he the this example of the rich young ruler he said in Matthew chapter 19 and verse 16 it says and behold one came unto Jesus and they said um, good master what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life and Jesus said unto him why callest thou me good there is none good but one that is God but if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. And he said unto him, Which? Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? He knew something was missing. Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Verse 22 says this, But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. See what his, uh, this is really the the essence of, or uh, uh, er, this young ruler, his priority was his possessions. That obviously was what he loved before. I mean, that was, it was his things. This kept him from getting saved. He, he didn't have a, uh, a love for, for, for God or for others even. You know, there are many today that want Jesus. They want Jesus. This rich young ruler, he wanted Jesus. He wanted him. And why do people want Jesus? Well, he, he has so much to give, so much to offer. People want Jesus Christ uh, in a lot of ways as more of a safety net. They, they want heaven. Who doesn't want heaven? Uh, who, who, uh, and people will, will come to Jesus because they, they want to avoid hell. And Jesus can save. He is the only one that can save. But I want you to consider this. Jesus will save people that put their faith and trust in him. But, you know, the, uh, 
receiving Christ, you receive him not only as Savior, but we need to receive him as Lord. And that's the difference. People that use Christ as a safety net, uh, they're never going to make him Lord. Um, People uh, that want to live as they please don't have Jesus Christ as Lord of their life. And so we ought to put God first in salvation. It's, it means don't make him just your Savior. Make him your Lord. And we also, put it, we need, putting God first extends, of course, also into our service. Into our service. We need to put God first in our service to him. And a good uh, kind of example of this is found in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 21, uh, not too far away from our uh, text in chapter 6. But this was another disciple, another believer, another follower of Christ came to Jesus. And what did he say in verse 21? He said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And so his father had passed away and he was asking the Lord, he said, Lord, give me some some time to take care of my family and the the needs of my family. I need to bury my father. What was Jesus' response to him in verse 22? Jesus said unto him, follow me, let the dead bury the dead. That sounds uh, very ruthless and um, callous, but the point that Jesus was making is, and this was a disciple, a follower of Christ, he said, Put me first in your service. The church in Ephesus, is a, we won't turn there, but it's another good example of a church that the Bible says has lost their first love. Their first love ought to be God, Christ. They lost their first love, their first works, and so they were doing things. Uh, it was out of order. Their priorities We're out of whack. Do you serve Jesus Christ because you have to? Because you know that it's the thing to do? Do you serve because you have nothing else to do? Oh, I hope and pray that it is not a description of your service for for the Lord. You ought to serve him because you love him. You want him to be first. So putting God first, it begins with salvation extends to service but it involves our finances over in proverbs chapter number three and verse number five this is in some ways um maybe could be a parallel passage of scripture to matthew chapter number six uh to our text here but in matthew or excuse me proverbs chapter three and verse number five The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lead not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And it shall be health to thy navel and morrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of thine increase. You know, a good um, revealer of what our true priorities are is uh, our finances, our first fruits. First fruits means that comes off the top. It's the first. Income, 
really what income is, is it's a measure of our life. How do we, many of us, I mean, um, we have to work. That takes time. We have to sweat. We have to toil. And for that, we get income. We get finances. And so it is a, it is a, a measure of your life. And God wants the first fruits of your life. He wants the very best. You know, we, we could talk about tithing, but he wants the very best of all of you. And so the last uh, priority that, that matters really, and I just mentioned it, is, is time. Putting God's first requires our time. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse number 2 says, Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store. And um, we are meeting here, giving God our time this morning, because he, you being here this morning, is an indication of what is a priority in your life. You're putting God first. That's a good thing. The first day is the Lord's day. That is the first fruits, the first of our time. And it is a day, um, the Bible says, not a morning, not an hour. Church attendance is an indication of our true priority. Now, sometimes uh, you there are duties, there are uh, sickness, um, travel that intervene, don't allow you to be in church on the first day of the week. You know one thing you can you can uh, you can really tell a man's priorities by what it takes for them to miss church. That really isn't you know most most church members are rel- uh, certainly in our church we're faithful, but what does it take for you to miss church? That really is a good indicator of your priority. Today, obviously, there is a lot that competes with coming to church. Recreations, well, not so much, I guess, this last year, sports, <laughs> vacations, but you know what I mean. Uh, there's a lot that can compete with putting God first with your time. You know, if you really have to miss a church meeting, and, and it will happen, but it should be seldom. It really should be. It should be seldom that we miss church. And you know what? It ought to bother us when we're not able to be in the Lord's house be at one of the church services it ought to bother you and so putting the lord first these are priorities that matter put the lord first in your day in your regular pursuits put god first in your marriage if you're married put him first in your home in your family in your finances put him first in your vacations you can do that put him Uh, first in your life these are priorities that matter putting God first in our life but what I want us to look at now is um, is talk about some indicators of having the wrong priorities what are some indicators now getting back to our text in Matthew chapter number six verse 24 I mentioned this Verse 24 indicates that there is a choice. There's a choice that needs to be made. And verse 33, this is the, but seek ye first the kingdom of God verse. This 
uh, gives us the correct choice. We are to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And uh, so that's the correct choice. But in between these two verses, in between verse 24, which tells us there's a choice, and verse 33, which gives us the correct choice, in between, I believe it gives some reasons why verse 33 is the right choice. And there are four areas from this passage of Scripture Four areas that reveal our true priorities. And these are food, appearance, or clothing, and then uh, a Gentile-like living. You know, obviously, we all need food. We all need clothing. We all need shelter. These are necessities. And you know what? God knows that. God knows that we need all of these things. And uh, verse 32, the very end of that, uh, that's what Jesus said. He says, for your heavenly father knoweth that ye have need of all of these things. Isn't it nice to know that God, your heavenly father, he knows what you need? You know, you don't have to worry about these areas. God knows that you need them. He knows, and he will provide. It's when we focus on these things that we, um, that's when we are demonstrating a lack of faith. That's what verse 30 uh, says. The very end of that, um, it says, O ye of little faith. When our focus, when our priority in our, is focused on these things, when these become the priority in our life, it's showing a lack of faith, the Bible says. And so it is a question of priorities. Now, not all of these, uh, or, you know, all of these are obsessions by people today. Um, now, by food, what I mean by, by this is that all that goes in to putting food on the table you know, um, and, and so that is, again, it goes back to money and, and uh, time and, and all of that. And there's a couple uh, passages of Scripture that I think, for me at least, I don't know about you, but I just love these passages of Scripture because, you know what, they're focusing or, you know, having an obsession with, um, well, I've got to work so that I can put food on the table or pay the rent and having that be an obsession or a priority is a wrong priority. And here's what I love. David said this in Psalm 37, verse 25. The Bible says, of course, God knows our needs. He knows our bills that are coming up. He can see the future. We cannot. But David, in his experience, he said this. He says, I have been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. You know, I guess I could say the same thing. Can you say the same thing? If you've been saved for any period of time, I have not seen God's people go without. God has always provided. In my life, I've seen it in your lives. He has provided. And so this testimony that David is giving is true. 
it's true. It's scripture. The word of God is true. And, and uh, you know, Paul even said it this way in Philippians chapter 4 in verse 13. said, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. You know, Paul uh, is, is saying here, he's got, uh, he, he has learned in whatever state he is that God's in control, God is going to take care of him. And he did. You know, if you're having financial problems, are you putting God first? Christ must be first in your finances. If he's not, that's an indication that you have the wrong priority. Christ must be first in your business, all that you do. And so we see that here in, in this teaching that Jesus is giving us. But the other area is in the area of appearance. You know, um, <laughs> this is... Um, um, Verse 27, he says, Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? Uh, of course, the answer is no, we can't. You can't change, uh, do much to change uh, the body that God has given you. But yet, why is it that so many people today focus on this, on their appearance? They're, uh, you know, they're, they're too short. Well, you can't add a cubit to your height uh, you know your ears are too big your nose is too long I don't know you can't why focus on that you can't do anything about it millions of dollars are spent on artificial beauty enhancements millions of dollars hours are spent in front of the mirrors vanity of vanities as Solomon would say now don't get me wrong, we are told to look after our body. We are instructed, do look after yourself. Do look after your body, but do it for the Lord's work. You know, our real concern is um, should be what is talked about in, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. In verse 19, Paul writes, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you? which ye have of God. You see, God has given you your body, and the Holy Spirit is indwelling with it, but never forget that the body that God has given you was given to you by God. And uh, he goes on, it's, a, it's the body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Your body is God's, so give it to him. Don't have the wrong priority thinking, I need to change this old body. It's only going to get, as we get older, it just gets worse and worse. Do take care of it because uh, we are told to take care of, uh, of the bodies. That, or the body that God has given us. But, you know, in the area of clothing, another 
area where a lot of God's money is wasted with clothing. Christians, uh, we should look as nice as possible in our appearance. But, um, you know, sometimes, um, you know, but let's let's look at what God's plan is uh, for us in the area of fashion. It, you know, in the, when it comes to clothing, when it comes to what we put on our body, God's plan is not that it have the latest fashion. You know, the latest fashion, I just don't understand. You ever see these runway models and and things like that? Or uh, go to the mall and you see kind of the latest fashion? It seems like the less clothes seems to be the most costly a lot of times. And I don't get it. And fashion changes. I understand that. But here's God's standard for uh, clothing or for fashion. First Timothy chapter two and verse number nine, the Bible says in like manner also that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel, not costly apparel. Don't let that be the focus with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array but which becometh a woman professing godliness with good works. And so this is an area where a lot of people are, are focused on a wrong priority, on clothing and how they look. And, uh, you know, real beauty is talked about in First Peter chapter number 3 and verse number 3. Uh, this is real beauty according to the word of God. It says, Whose adorning, let it not be that, that outward adorning of plating of hair and wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God a great price. For after this manner in the old time, the women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. You know, it really comes down, comes down to this. We are to obey God in the areas of, of, of food or, or finances. Trust God in that area. We're to obey God in the area of, of appearance and clothing. Trust God to supply your every need. I'm sure many of you have have heard of Oswald Chambers. Uh, he is the author of a very popular devotional. Um, I, I wouldn't surprise me of if many of in here have read this or my utmost for his highest. And so, a very uh, well known Christian author. He wrote this. I'll read this to you. I don't have it up here, so you have to listen. But here are some, um, some words he wrote dealing with this passage of Scripture. Oswald Chambers wrote, When we look at the words of Jesus, we immediately find them to be the most revolutionary that human ears have ever heard. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Even the most spiritually minded of us argue the exact opposite, saying, But I must live. I must make a certain amount of money. I must be clothed. I must be fed. 
The great concern of our lives is not the kingdom of God, but how we are going to take care of ourselves to live. Jesus, though, reversed the order by telling us to get the right relationship with God first, maintaining it as the primary concern of our lives and never to place our concern on taking care of the other things of life. Our Lord Lord pointed out that from his standpoint, it is absolutely unreasonable for us to be anxious, worrying about how we will live, Jesus did not say that the person who takes no thought for anything in his life is blessed. No, that person is a fool. But Jesus did teach that his disciple must make his relationship with God the dominating focus of his life. In essence, Jesus was saying, don't make food and drink the controlling factor of your life, but be focused absolutely on God. Some people are careless about what they eat and drink, and they suffer for it. They are careless about what they wear, having no business looking the way that they do. They are careless with their earthly matters, and God holds them responsible. Jesus is saying that the greatest concern of life is to place our relationship with God first, and everything else second. That really sums up, I think, the lesson this morning, our priorities, putting God first. The question I have for really all of us this morning, and it's a good one, I think, as we reflect on really the beginning of a new year, is where does God fit? Where does God fit in your life? Where does God fit in your family? Where does God fit in your finances? You can go on and on. Where does God fit in every aspect of your life? What are the priorities of your life? You know, when you have a focus on those wrong priorities, wrong priorities are the key reason for life's problems. In your marriage, oftentimes problems in marriages happen because we have a focus on the wrong priority. In your finances, without a doubt, When you focus on your finances, you're headed for trouble. In your kids, if you focus on your kids, you're in you're you're headed for trouble. Those are those are wrong priorities. But here's an important truth. The important truth here is that word seek. And that tells us it's a really it's an indication that this is a on going process you can make the decision this morning but you know what tomorrow morning you need to make the same decision seeking is an ongoing process you can't say well I've put God first or I'm seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness it's a one, not a one time thing it's an ongoing thing you can decide right now I'm going to put God first I'm going to put him first I challenge you to make that decision today uh, to make sure he's first in all of those areas of life and um, take an assessment. Make him your priority today. And in 2021, as we begin this new year, make God the priority. And so that's the challenge this morning. Thank you for uh, your attention. We're going to go ahead and be dismissed at this time.
We've got about uh, 15 minutes before the morning service. Thanks.